You know, so tell me, man, the last fight, um, Dillashaw, he was he had some complaints about the stoppage of the situation that happened. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'd I think you'd uh, for me I think you'd want to probably thank the thank the ref, man, thank the ref for stopping it because I was I was gonna kill the man. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Hello, this is Mike Tyson. We have another episode of Hot Boxing. And my co-host here is Evan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Another great day, brother. Beautiful day outside. Man, I'm just so happy now. Well, we got a great guest, man. Who is this guy? Andy, tell us about yourself. The current... Oh. Flyweight champion of the UFC, Henry Cejudo. Great to have you, man. And Henry's going up for the welterweight title, too, huh? Bantamweight, but yeah, you know, yeah, but but thank you guys, thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be here with with one of the legends right here, Mike Tyson. Man, thank you for having me, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate it. Where are you from, Henry? Uh, originally from uh, actually from here. Originally from LA. Yeah. Born in uh, born in South Central back in back in '87. I think that was around when you won uh, yeah, your first world man. title, yeah, right? You won when I won my title. Yeah. yeah so you're yeah '88. Yeah, '87, '86, so. something like that. Wow! Man, don't matter. He's got it. Yeah. But uh, you know, cool. Just uh, so I grew up out here. Grew up in. Uh, I'm sorry. Grew up in Arizona. So lived in lived in L. A. Lived there for five years in South Central. Born MLK Hospital, and then eventually, uh, you know, eventually just resided in Arizona, and uh, that's kind of where I live now. How did you get involved with boxing? I mean, fighting. Um, I I think as a as a kid. And I think sometimes it's uh, – you can say it's the nature and the nurture of it, right? A kid from the ghetto, a kid that kind of grew up fighting. It's the it's the, the, the struggle of it. I, I guess it's it's through nature and nurture. But I, I got into it because I've always been this uh, – You know, not all great street fighters and guys that's tough in the street get into boxing. Mm. They don't all get into fighting. They go the other directions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, that's actually kind of how I – so I started wrestling first, 11 years old. And then, uh, and then you know, eventually I got into I got into boxing. So I have a lot of respect. I did amateur boxing for uh, for some time. So it's been uh, it's been a journey and a half, man. But you know, just excited and happy to be here, man. Awesome. You know, so tell me, man. The last fight, um, Dillashaw, he was he had some complaints about the stoppage of the situation that happened. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'd. I think you'd uh, for me. I think you'd want to probably thank the thank the ref, man. Thank the ref for stopping it because I was I was gonna kill the man. Oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. So a lot of people say you know, but it's 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 the fight biz, man. It's yeah, you know, it and, and, and deep down inside, I mean, I think I think Mike, you can you, you can attest to this is you know we're all kind of sore losers. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we sometimes we can't accept it. Yeah, it sucks. And yeah. some and I think some people just de- demonstrated more. And yeah. uh, you know TJ, yeah, TJ's TJ's really pissed off. Yeah, he's really. Pissed. I mean, like I said, I would have wished the ref would have allowed it. Maybe another, another, uh, an- another ten seconds just to, just to kind of finish the job. Get that I guess. tap out. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. So, but taking out a legend like him, man, it's it's it, it feels good, man. It's 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 good to be it's good to be in my position right now, man. Especially with them trying to get rid of the flywood division. Mm. Getting rid of my division, so 
Why would they do that? How would they be entitled to do that? Not enough people in the division? Yeah. Well, no, it's not that. It's just I think the UFC has always found our division a little, you know, a little boring, I guess you could say. Yeah. Remember, Demetrius Johnson dominated this this division for the last freaking 12, you know, for the last, I think the last six, seven years until I beat him. You know, Demetrius Johnson was such a dominant fighter, but he really wasn't much of a showman like the UFC wanted. So he was beating everybody up. He was dominating everybody. So the division sucks. But the the reality is, is I felt like he had to be a little more showman, man. Mm. And there's a little and there's a little credit that you have to give Connor, man, whether you like him or not. He's putting us on the map. You know, there's a lot of fighters out there like that. They're great fighters, but they have no showmanship. They have no character. No one wants to see them. You know, no one's fight. interested. Yeah, they're not colorful enough. Yeah, right. And I think. And I think that's part of it, Mike. I think that's that's just that's what it is. But now that I'm here, man, like I, I wanna I wanna resurrect that, you know, coming out with the snake when I beat it to the ground. I mean, things like that. I mean, that's that's being a showman. Like it has nothing to do with me, me being a punk or whatever. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And plus, and and, and absolutely, you mean it though too. At the same time, for you're, sure, you're, you're describing your mind to your opponents. Like I'm gonna grab that snake and I'm gonna whip it on its head and I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that was the thing when I was fighting the same thing. I had the you know unpredictable psycho tough guy and stuff that what the people liked and stuff. Was that a conscious choice for you, Mike? Yeah, I knew that's that's just the role I had to go. You were going out as the monster. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, man, as a fighter and sort of developing your character on the stage. Because that's what it is, right? I mean, that's kind of, that's what Connor does, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, is he like that, talking shit? <laughs> like, if we were hanging out here, would he be just talking shit? He might be. Yeah, no, he, he he's a good guy, man. I think I think it's, it's a bit of persona, but I think now he's at the point where I think he's actually starting to believe it. Mm. And that's a scary thing. Because now it's like, hey. Sometimes we get delusional fighters. We get delusional. Yeah, yeah. And I've always tried to maintain myself, like, knowing that. It's like, hey, man, I- I'm good. I'm great. I'm a world champ, but I'm not. I'm not sometimes, stepping. I'm not. Sometimes we believe we're, we're God's fighters. We're human. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not human. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's powerful. Yeah, fighters are a trip. Like, I don't want to say it, but it's a, that's powerful, what Mike said, you know. Absolutely. Like, you we're... we're 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 David, you know. Yeah, we're, always. No matter who you're fighting, mm-hmm. you feel as though you're the underdog, and you have to be ready to kill. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting thing about the warrior's path, you know, because you reach this certain level of success, you've defeated so many opponents, and your ego really begins can begin to take over if you don't keep it in check yeah how do you keep that in check henry it's uh it's a healthy it's a healthy nervous like you have to be you have to be healthy nervous you know you got to be confident but you have to have that healthy nervous if you don't have that healthy nervous do you're really you're really over your head man mm. and if you don't check that what happens is is fighters start to they they start to lose and it becomes a domino effect, you know. And it's it it's and then later you just start hating the sport, man. And it, it happens to yes. you. It happens. Mm. 
you start hating the sport. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That happened to me in football. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I started hating it. That healthy, nervous feeling, that's this feeling of I've always got to be training my ass off, preparing the best I can because I could lose. I'd, I'd say that and probably a, a bit of a respect for your opponent. Mm. Like you have to be like, hey, man, this dude could possibly beat me. And you got to see all these strengths and all these weaknesses. You got to analyze everything that you know about yourself and then everything that you know about him. And then you'll reflect on the strengths and, and weaknesses. Like it's very, uh, it's very profound. It's very profound for you to think like that. Mm. If, if you ain't thinking like that, man, it's it starts internal, man. Like this is an. I don't want to say it's all in your head because that's very cliche. It's internal. It's something much deeper than, than 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 than, than passion. Mm. It is also you can't explain it because like on the flip side, then there's other guys when their egos take them like this. Puh, I don't got to train for him. Mm-hmm. The fucking bum. Mm. On my worst day, I can beat him. I'm bigger than him. Yeah, it's people like, oh, man, the, the ego is just takes you to dark places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's scary, man. That's why you need the toad. Yeah. Every once in a while, check in with the toad. You know about the toad, yeah, Henry? I know about the toad. You know about the toad, Henry? No, no, no. Oh, man, explain <laughs> some of the toad to Henry. Henry's laughing now. <laughs> Hold on. It, it sounds funny. I mean, come, yeah, nobody, does, nobody names something like that. The toad? It's actually a toad. It's actually a toad in the Sonoran Desert. It's the Sonoran Desert in toad. In Mexico, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Right? It's in Mexico, and uh, it hibernates like 10 months out of the year. And when you capture it, it has venom in its, um, in its pores, so to mm-hmm. speak, right? Uh-huh. And you bu- open up, you bust it, and you put it on, and it busts, shoot out on the wind, on the glass hardens it you take it off the glass you put it in your pipe you smoke it and then you um you become reborn again oh damn mm. have you heard of dmt dmt ayahuasca yeah uh-huh um, ayahuasca yeah so you know what mike's talking about is you experience like an ego death you die you see all of your trauma and pain and everything that's happened to you in your life and it really comes together in a way that gives you context about you know who you are and what your purpose is and people are cured of addiction and depression and anxiety all of this stuff from doing this toad and what it does is i think is it shows you that we are all connected yeah. you know that we are all part of Henry's like, I've smoked a little too much weed, dude. It's getting weird in here. <laughs> uh, it's getting weird, it's, bro. It's, 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 it's getting, it's getting, it's getting cold in here. <laughs> I died and came back to life and resurrected my life. Really? Yeah, man. I think it's an incredible medicine for fighters, for any warrior, you know, because it, it brings you back to that place, you know, of humility and love. And so that it's a good balance for you in the midst of having to prepare yourself for battle over and over again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just wow. interesting, man. Um, man Henry. That's, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. All these, all these different natural remedies. That, yes. That blow your mind. Are, uh, blow your mind, brother. Yeah. Please blow your mind. And, and everything's out there, man. Us as humans, we have to discover that. Yeah. You know. No, people, people inform us. We just don't have to know how to read the messages, you know. And not to listen. Yeah. And not to listen. Right. Mm. Mike's like hanging out with a sage. 
you know, like the, he's like the the wise elder dude of the tribe. It's crazy. No, but you know, a lot of people tried to inform us when we were younger. We didn't want to listen. Yeah. 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 Listen, before I involved myself with the toad, listen, I don't think nobody could tell me shit. I think I've seen the world a couple of times. I've been around some interesting people and I didn't think nobody could tell me shit. <laughs> You know, and then I did the toad, and I'm like, fuck, I realized I didn't know anything. I realized I was afraid all those years. I was actually afraid. You know, my, 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 when that ego death started going on, I said, oh, God, I'm dying. Fuck. I was crying to the guy, I'm dying, or I'm dying. Because I was so afraid, I didn't know how to live without my ego. You don't know how to live without that. Somebody confronting you, you can say, what, motherfucker? Or something. But when your ego's going, somebody confronts you, you're like, fuck, what do I do? You know? And that was a real scary situation for me. You know, I used to know what to do. I thought I was dying. I used to know what to do. I said, fuck, I'm missing my kids, my wife, everything's leaving me. Fuck. And I was happy with it. It's powerful medicine, dude. It's powerful. Man, you guys got me thinking, man. I, I, I want some of this toe. Then I, that's just what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy got me with this stuff. Yeah, let me try it. Let me let try me this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing I said. I want to try that stuff. Yeah. yeah, man, it's miraculous. It lasts 15 dude. minutes, but it's like forever. 15 minutes is a long time in your head. Yeah. God, in your head, 15 minutes is a long time. Godly. Oh, my God. Oh, so it's only 15 minutes. I thought yeah, it was like, like two hours. It's a 15-minute blast off. Oh, man, you don't want more than 15 minutes, man. <laughs> you I don't got, want more. Holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine that more than 15 minutes with that stuff? Wow. Well, you know, ayahuasca, which is a little bit less intense, that's like 12 hours. Yeah, I couldn't handle that stuff. That's a 12-hour ride. That one thing, that one hit a quarter, boom, and you just go, wow, your life flashes right in front of you, man. You stop breathing, and you're like, fuck, hearing music and sounds take me places. Yeah. It's like, it's like, have you ever had an experience with death? That's what it is. Yeah? Yeah, that's just what it is. You die there. No, no. Uh, besides, besides, you know, doing something like a, besides doing a natural remedy, have you ever like s- s- got caught like almost drowning Near in the sea? Experience. No, yeah. people, some people shot at me, but I ran and got away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's what this is, Henry. Tell us about. Have you had one? I've had, and that's that's kind of how when Tyson talks about. That you know, you're like your life flashes before your eyes. It's it's death. Yeah, is what kind of flashes before your eyes. But it's, it's like a, it's this it's this memory. It's this video that goes through you. But you're it's it's in real motion. It's like you're it's like you're watching yourself right now. Just seeing your whole life just go like you know run through your eyes, you know, and your mind, and you're just like so. When you're talking about that experience, I'm just like I, that's what I thought of. Like it's real, man. Like yeah. it's real, like dude. I, I this is this is crazy. Like I'm dead, or I'm or I'm or I'm coming alive. But listen, the holy thing is, it's nothing physical at all. It's all psychological. You don't feel nothing. You don't touch nothing. It's just all what you see. It's all visual stuff. Henry, tell us about your near death experience. <laughs> um, you know, it was uh, poof. It was it was uh, it was a few years ago, and they uh. No, I'm sorry. It was about a couple years ago, man. I, I got caught up in the California, the Santa Rosa fires, and I had to escape from uh, from a hotel. You know, to uh, I had to jump out the window, dude. I was like the last one to get out. Wow. 
I don't right. know what the hell I would do if I was in there. I, I don't know if I can handle no fire. Every time you run into blazes, you can't breathe, you can't see. So hot. I'm talking about like the whole hotel was just lit, lit up, lit up on fire, and I freaking jumped out. Like three fourths of it was like done. Everything, all the houses in front of me, they're all burned to sticks. Cars on fires, the buildings next to me on fire, and I'm jumping out that window. Whoa! But but that's kind of what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Like your your life flashes before your eyes. It, like it's like shit becomes real. Mm. Wow, nigga. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, in those experiences, they say you're getting a hit of your own natural DMT because DMT is produced in your third eye and your pineal gland. And you get a hit of it when you're born, when you come into your mother's womb, there's your first hit of DMT. And then your next hit of DMT, you get two in your life, is when you die. So having a near-death experience, they say, could trigger a blast of DMT naturally. So that's why people say, oh, I felt I saw my life flash before my eyes. Because you did. That was your soul going, oh, fuck, it's time to go. And listen, right, it's um, it's wearing on because um, I did it around three times. And I want to do it again, but I'm so scared to do it again. Fuck. You know what I mean? Your life flashes I'm before so your eyes. Your life flashes before your eyes. If, if that's the feeling, Mike, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's... <laughs> You're watching it. Yeah. You know, some people do it once. Some people do it one time. Some people never do it. Some people are, like, crazy about it, do it all the time. So are you guys, are you guys tempting me? Hey man, we're just offering it that this is <laughs> this is an option in the world, you know, that when you're ready, so I think I believe that you're called to these medicines, you know. You start seeing them, you start hearing about them, you start educating yourself and then the time is right for you to do it, you know, but that's on your journey. It's not about somebody going, "Here dude, it's time now." That's not what it is, yeah, you know. Yeah. Right, right. But dude, let's get back to the real world. Let's get back to reality. <laughs> you brought your beautiful championship belt. Man, what did it feel like to win that? To earn that? Um, that is a really high-standing fighter. You know what I mean? High-quality fighter. Yeah. It's a, it's a satisfaction. It's a satisfaction feeling that, that lets you know, uh, that lets you know, okay, everything that I've been doing is right. Every, I, finally, the stuff that I'm thinking up here is manifesting physically, and uh, it, so it, it's more of a feeling to me. Like being a world champion is more of a, those feelings to me. It's not. It's not so much the number, but it's the emotion that comes with winning that belt. Because in every camp, you get hurt. In every camp, a lot of things happen, and you don't. You know, you start. The, the doubt starts to enter you. You had to make sure to check it. So when you win and you win a big fight like that against a very high opponent, man, it's like, all right, man, I, I, I may be an, I, I, you become kind of an, a, a legend, man. Like an instant legend, though, because you beat Demetrius Johnson, who's probably one of the greatest of all time. And then you go out and you beat the greatest bantamweight of all times. Like, dude, I'm, on top of that, you know, being the best in the world in another sport, it's, it, 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 it leaves my print in the sport in some way, you know, and, and that's special to me to be, to be able to like, you know what, I, I, I knocked it, I, I did this. 
Yeah, I always, when I was fighting, I always wanted to be a part of that fraternity. I wanted them to know my name. You know, when I'm dead in this thing, you know, my name is, you know, implanted in this fraternity here. There, you know, thousands of guys are going to come after I die and they say, you know, you're there and they'll see your picture and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful, man, to leave your mark on your sport. Yeah. So that's that's more of the celebrations to me, I guess, for the most part. So, it, you know, it just it means the world to me, man. It really does. That's cool, man. You've been working since you were 11. Yeah. How many brothers and sisters you have? I'm uh, I'm one of seven kids. Yeah. So one of seven I have uh uh I'm sorry, uh uh, three other brothers and then three sisters. So I can I come from a big big family. How was that? Yeah, um, tell me. Uh, the, uh, the 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 upbringings is you know. Did typical. you all fight as a family? Uh, yeah, we got in trouble. They all came out and fought. <laughs> yeah, very uh, <laughs> very you know very uh, you know it's a minority family Mexicans. You know we're all close, but you know you, you do fight a lot as a family man. You know so. The upbringing was uh, was was very. We fought a lot, but at the same time, it's we helped each other a lot. You know, we we showed each other love. So I come from that kind of type of family. You still you close know? to your brothers and sisters now? Yeah, all of them. My brothers and sisters are all they come you know, to your fights. All, yeah, they all come to my fights. The only one that doesn't come to my fight is my mom. She really? Yeah, she don't. She doesn't like it. She don't like that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's tough to watch yeah. your baby get. Get into a fucking <laughs> yeah. fist fight, dude. Right. It's uh, it's hard, man. What about you, Mike? Anybody, uh, uh, the people that you grew up with, anybody ever, anybody ever not come to your fights or not like you fighting? Did your mom like you fighting? No, my mother passed away before I started fighting. Um, no, um, I wasn't one of those guys that people say, oh, God, he's going to get hurt. You know what I mean? I was just one of those um, imposing figures at that particular time that, you know, I was the guy doing the damage. You know, you feel sorry for the other guy. You know what I mean? I don't know. I used to have that that kind of affection for people. They felt sorry. They didn't think I was going to get hurt. They never thought I was going to get hurt and stuff like that until I got hurt. Yeah. What was the first time you got hurt, Mike? Did you get hurt in a fight? Yeah, um, when I lost my fight in 1990 in Japan with Buster Douglas and stuff, people were really worried and concerned and stuff because I had a really big eye intrusion. Mm. And um, I've never lost before, but I, I've lost as an amateur before, and I understood loss. I, ne- I didn't never. I thought a loss as an amateur at 15 was just as big as the loss as being champ of the world in me at the time. Just the, the, the thought of losing. And my my ego and my 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 psychological way of looking at fighting and the act of losing just really um, gave me a really um, bad psychological opinion about myself that I didn't do something right, which is normally the case. In a loss, yeah. But you learn so much from your losses. Absolutely, absolutely. Very painful, and you have to take. Yeah. Um, Inside, look at yourself and your character and decide if this is what you really want to do. Do you really want to take a possibility of going through that again? Yeah, that's deep. And I think that's what I think that's what's made him the best in the world hmm. is the way he the way you the way you carry a loss. These are a lot, a lot of a lot of people have to a lot of people have to uh, almost really 
how can I say it? Work on work on the mind to uh, to understand what it's like to to accept defeat, but not become bitter because of it or too bitter. It can turn around and bite you in the butt too. Yeah, you give yourself a dark shadow. <clears throat> it's all about just knowing that this is this is a sport, and we're two guys, and the best man wins, mm-hmm. and there's no fight afterwards. It's not personal. No, no, always have that objective. Nothing's personal. Mm. Henry, have you had a tough loss that, you know, you learned a lot from? Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, losing to Demetrius the first time for the when, when I fought him the first time. You know, he beat me in like, he knocked me out in two minutes, man, two minutes and 36 seconds. To the body. I don't know. You've ever been stopped to the body? Not to, listen, my first time I ever boxed somebody, he hit me in the body. <laughs> And I just went down right away. If I yeah. don't know what the hell I'd be hitting the body, I went down right away. I jumped back yeah. up. I, I, I stopped breathing. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And, you know, I equated to not breathing to dying. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. And I used to know what the fuck. Oh. <laughs> wow. It couldn't come out. This wind knocked out yeah, of you. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell was going uh. I couldn't even cry. But I wanted to cry. But it's no air, no nothing. I just couldn't do anything. Man. That's what you felt, Henry? That's what I felt, man. But it, at the same time, it physically it hurts. Yeah. Physically it hurts, but it's more... Uh, and it hurts when you go to the bathroom and take a shit after the hour, okay? <laughs> you go to take a shit. God, it hurts so bad. So sore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> but anyways, but it's, it's also very hum- humiliating. Mm. Because you're conscious. A knockout is different, man. If you get knocked out, it puts right. me out. I'm out. I wake up and I'm just like, hey, what happened? Is it Christmas? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's hum- humiliating because you get hit to the body, dude. You can, you're can you conscious and you're just curling up like a little girl, you know? Yeah. Because your system's just shutting down. No, listen. This is this is something about body punches, right? Anybody, right? Anybody could. I don't care who you are, how tough you are. Anybody can make a boom, get hit in the chin, get knocked out, and black out. Mm-hmm. And it's over. You just got hit in the blacked out. You <laughs> shit blacked out. You get hit in the stomach, right? You make a decision, hey, I don't want to do this shit no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just can't move no more because that's what happens. Yeah. Your body shuts down. So the next time you fought him, how did you defend from his body punches? Well, I... That, but that's what I'm saying. I had a, uh, um, I had to really strengthen my core. I had a. That was one of the, one of the areas, and and I, but I think more importantly than that is making sure that my weight cut was done even better correctly. And that's kind of what fatigued me. It was it was a it was a few things, man. And then the problem is, is when you get hit to the body, you get stopped. You start to be very cautious with your body, man. You you change that. You could change you as a fighter. It. You got it. You could change as a fighter because you're so f- fearful. See, right I was now. always a smaller guy, and everybody's always taller than me, so it was very hard for them to get to my body. So they normally do headshots, and so I knew where they had to throw punches at. So you took a lot of head, shoulder shots? Yeah. Also, I don't take the shot at all. Yeah, yeah. You learn from it, you move on, and uh, as a competitor, I think I, I had him on my hit list. Like, really, look, it, it became personal almost. Mm. A, a defeat like that becomes extremely personal. It became extremely personal to me. So I knew that I, I, I knew that 
I had to sacrifice a lot to to beat to beat a man at his caliber. Like, hey, man, if I if I thought I was doing shit right then, whew, it it just got worse. It showed you what you had to do to yeah. get to that next mm-hmm. level. Who's your favorite fighter growing up? Is there somebody you watched, somebody you idolized? Um, it, it actually it started it started more with boxing actually. And, and even still till this day, like I almost prefer watching a good high like world championship uh, boxing fight than going to be hard to see one. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing that anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you could find somebody, like if if you get two good, like you know, Triple G Canel was a good fight. Triple G Canel was a good fight. I, I would prefer watching a, a boxing fight like that than probably any UFC fight in, in the world. Mm. I really do. Because boxing, the, the world is so, it's so ancient. It's, it's, it's reached its peak. I mean, it's, it's at its best. Boxing. Yeah, where, where MMA is still evolving. But mm. well, MMA got some awesome personalities in there. You got John Jones, got Connor, and got other other little guys here that people don't got enough. Um, what's the new guy? Israel. He got an awesome personality. Got Henry. Yeah, all I'm talking about all those guys. He's in that category too. Yeah, no doubt. All the new guys. Yeah, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. You it's know? just too emotional. If you're a fighter, which I was a fighter, and you should know, you should know who you're a top professional athlete. If you're if you're mostly attached to somebody like a fighter, somebody, if he lose, you feel like shit. You yeah. Shit, you want to fucking knock the other. You know you're experienced, but you want to fight the other guy, somebody in his fucking clan or something. Yeah. You're really mad. Yeah. You gotta be true. cool. You know your your passions are too high in fighting. You always gotta be cool. Control yourself. It's amazing there's not more mayhem at these fights. More fights don't break out on the sides, you know? Well, it happens. You saw it happen with Khabib yeah. and Connor, you know, got over oh, yeah. heated and stuff. You know, it happens with human beings, you know? Yeah. So what's your next thing, man? What are you doing right now? Yeah, you open for some acting gigs, anything? Oh, <laughs> huh, acting? I see that. Yeah, take over, take over, take over Latin America, right? So yeah, some, brother. Some soap operas. They got big. They got uh, big audience over there. Yeah. Yes, do it, man. I think it, I was in a. It it could be possible, you know. Hell <laughs> I could yeah, be, bro. I could be Mister Mister Casanova every <laughs> night, Saturday, seven p.m. Telemundo. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. Put it out there. Bring that money in. No, I actually, I, I would, I, I would like to uh, get into. After I'm done fighting, I want to get into real estate. I really, uh, I, I, you know, I, I love the sport of MMA. I love wrestling, but I could never, uh, I could never do it, man. Because I, I understand the commitment that it has. So I wanna, I want freedom in my life, man. So I want, I want to get into real estate, and uh, and uh, I, I want to continue to keep like doing motivational speaking and whatnot, like all across the country. It's great, man. How many more fights do you think you got in you? <laughs> These are hard questions. Well, you can have a lot of fights in you, but you only want a certain amount. Hey, dude, we're not yeah, in here just fucking you. around. You, you know? can have yeah. twenty in you, but you only want three. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's a that's that's a that's a good way to put it. Right. That's a good way to put it because the body could take a lot, or it can't take that much. But you're thinking, you're just thinking different, you're thinking more, and you're but you're giving less. 
So I think that I think that talk's yet to be determined, man. Mm. I, I don't see myself going past 34, though. How old are you? I'm, I just turned 32, 34, 35. Oh, you're 87. 87. Me too. Okay. I'll be 32 in October. Oh, okay. Damn, yeah, that's I crazy. remember 87 so good, man. It was my best years. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, we came in in Mike's best year. Fuck, Fuck yeah. I'm living it. I'm just a young, stupid kid living it. We up, were feeling man. that energy, dude. We were like, let's drop into that shit. <laughs> that's cool man that's that's cool when you do meet somebody that's that's your year man it's like yeah. it becomes there's there's camaraderie there's there. a there's a connection there. yeah yeah for sure but i just had not birthday. too many 66 man we had bad drug errors and all that stuff these guys all yeah. dead gang bangers and all that stuff man the 80s wiped the 60 babies out henry tell me if i'm wrong but i feel like being born in 87 Coming up in the early 90s, we have this really interesting experience of like seeing the internet come up and seeing social media be created. And we were really at the time to like grow with all this shit. Man, we had the phone, you had to to ring the phone like that. (laughs) Yes. Tyson's going back another two generations (laughs) over here. Yeah, dude, that's what we do, man. I say we're we're. <laughs> but don't you think that's interesting? I have a nephew who's who's twenty three or twenty four, and I still feel like even that's the separation yeah. for me. Yeah, for sure. You know, like the, that generation is. Yeah. Like the the. Well, you really have much. a turning point too, in when you turn get into your thirties. I mean, something really happens. Like twenty seven to thirty, shit starts to really change. I think in just your mentality about what life is, you know, mm-hmm. you get more focused, you know, you get more just dialed in, man. You know, you, you've got less time for bullshit. You've seen some stuff. You've learned a lot. You know, your 20s are a tough time. And then when you get in your 50s like me, you start one guy. I'm going to still be able to fuck my wife. Mike, you got some good herbs for that, dude. Yeah, tell me about that. You better be taking a lot of that toad if you're going to. Yeah, the toad. Keep the toad going. Well, there's some great herbs, man. Ginseng. This gynostemma tea. It's fucking it's awesome. It's like horny goat weed. Have you heard of that? Getting your, yeah, I heard of that. Getting in your fifties, man. You've seen so much. I mean, I remember when um, I can remember when rap first blew up. You know, when it first started, when the only thing we listened to was R and B before, then rap just blew up. Sugar delight, rappers delight. I mean, you know, this guy used to hang out with Tupac. Yeah. Was, no, it's just so wild to see this guy was, um, this guy is now almost like a saint now, you know? So legendary. So legendary, dude. Yeah. How was it? How was it? How was it uh, hanging out with, uh, with, with two? Did you call him two or two Pac? No, it's Pac or two Pac. Listen, the guy is just amazing. Listen, he got shot. I'm in, I'm, I'm in prison, so he got shot. I'm in prison. I want to hear about somebody say, your mic, man, your, your boy, because he came and visited me. So somebody, um, I'm coming from the gym, and I guess somebody else is coming from the child hall. And somebody said, yo, Mike, your, your man that you that came visit you, I think he got, he, they hit him up or something crazy to that effect. And so I got, I ran, I went to my. Um, is this when he was killed? No, nah, it wasn't the shot. Yeah, yeah. In in New York, and I and I got three way, and then I three wayed um, 
to where he was. I think he's in the house or he came somewhere. I don't know where he was, but I talked to him. And um, he was telling me it was, it was it was just crazy. And I don't know what happened, but um, it, was, it was just really bad. He got shot up really bad. And um, I asked him, I said, who was it? And he had, said, he had mentioned some names who it was. You know? He knew who it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do we know who it was in the huh? public? Does the public know who that was? Well, I don't know. They probably do. But it's just yeah. everybody have, you know, everybody um have their conspiracy. Conspiracy, yeah, yeah. who's done it. But, you know, Tupac said who done it. Shit was so crazy then, dude. They were shooting each other, fucking killing each other. Yeah. Yeah, over over entertainment, really. If yeah, you think about it's it, like over uh, over what? No, no. This is all about um, East Coast, money. West Coast. Yeah, it's all about over money. poetry. Hey, dude, Tupac, we used to kill Tupac each other. Poet. We used to kill each other over a whole lot less. I mean, somebody fucking a pair of Jordans, Pokemon life cards. Was, life wasn't worth anything in the eighties, man. Life was worth nothing in the eighties, man. But think about even the epidemic was just it was it was real, man. People were just you're walking over people in the streets. In the big city, you're walking over people. Fuck. You got people walk staggering across right across from you, walking in front of you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. What do you people, think, Henry? Yeah. What do you think? I'm just thinking how strong this weed is. I see my I see Mike trying to light up that joint for about the last thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you need a fresh? I'm working out. I'm okay. You're good. Somebody please help Mike Tyson, man. I'll be honest with you, Mike. I'm dude, you? I've always I you know, as a man you always you always portrayed your very uh you know, as somebody that grew up watching you, watching your ranks and whatnot, and know, known about you, you come out like this freak, this beast, man. Like, dude, don't you just you don't cross that beast? No, that's what back in the day, man. That's <laughs> when I was trying to do that bullshit in there. You know, what I'm trying to do that. No, guy. no, no. But what I'm saying is that that's the persona that a lot of a lot of us have have about you. Nah, man, it's all about love. Now. Isn't he yeah. amazing? Yeah, just hang out with this guy. I'm like, man, Tyson's like, I was like, I was, I'm kind of, I'm still afraid of him. Oh yeah, I'm afraid of that guy. That guy gets you in a lot of trouble, man. Shit. I'm yeah, I'm afraid of that guy too, man. I love the way I am now. I love the world of weed I'm in. I love the association I am with the guys here. This is just heaven. Did you start? Did you start smoking recently? I've smoked all my life, but um. They had me. I, I used other drugs too, and I used liquor, and I used a lot of prescription drugs, and I was mixing all that stuff, and I was just, um, I was a mess, man. I was suicidal. I was in the psych ward a couple of times. Okay, Mike, let's do a little juxtaposition. Go for it. Old Mike, yeah, or pre-toed Mike. What was your favorite drug? I don't know. The toad makes you don't even want to think about any drugs. No uh, I knew I knew you were gonna say the toad was just the end yeah. all. You don't even want to think about that stuff no more. You know, what I mean, you just want to think about having a better life. Yeah. And how much um, if you just get out of your own way, how much life is on your side? Yeah. What do you we're think? In our way. What do you think about weed, man? Because it's like you know, it's so stigmatized, 
And yet it's just, it helps in so many ways. And what does it do for you, do you think? Hey, listen, man, this is what I know what it does. I know without it, I'm a miserable motherfucker. I'm an irritable, miserable, not kind to be around guy, you know? With it, I love everybody. I know it sounds weird and strange. It just is relaxing me. It, um, it evokes feelings of just happiness with me mm. and relaxation. Such a good answer. Some countries I don't go to because if I'm there for more than a certain amount of time, I won't go. If I could, mm. they, they ban weed, I won't go. I don't care how much they pay me. I won't. I just can't. I wouldn't be. People wouldn't like me. I wouldn't be nice. I'm just miserable without it. I'm just miserable. It's real irritable. My wife wouldn't like me. No, it's just I couldn't do it. It's powerful, man, because so many people are walking around this country can't go ten minutes without a cigarette, or oh my you know, God, that's terrible. Or popping <laughs> multiple pills just to get through the day. And yet, you know, with weed, they want to think it's different. You know, you I know? know myself without um, supporting my friends and um, cannabis, I would be. It would just be an ugly story about me. It wouldn't have turned out pretty good. You know, it's just very healing. Henry, you didn't think this was going to be what the pod was, did you? No, not really, man. I was, uh, I was speak. I was thinking more of a kind of like a CNN type interview. <laughs> uh, hell no, dude. We get fucking real in here. And no, you guys. I'm like, you guys catch me by. You guys catch me by different angles. Left hook, right hand, <laughs> sneak attacks. Hell yeah, dude. This is the fucking mind ninja shit. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think, Henry, about um, immortality, death? It won't freak hey, you out now. It freaks great you out. You get, question. You get in your 50s, you start thinking about that shit. Yeah. And it's it's scary to hear your mom kind of talk about it. Like, Yeah, she's the older woman. They start talking about it. That's when yeah. we get our age. We tell our kids, we, you know, fuck. Our kids look at us and say, you look fine. What's wrong, Dad? <laughs> I don't know. Baby. <laughs> we ain't going to have another 50 years or something like that. <sighs> yeah. It so happens, um, it's, it's it's scary, obviously, man. It's you don't you don't you don't know when when your time is, man. So, I mean, if I hope I hope when I die, I hope it's I hope it's fast and quick. <laughs> nah, sometimes I don't know. I used to think that before I took the toad. Then sometimes um, the toad was, makes you just really open and willing to it. it. It wasn't hard to die. When I took the toad, it wasn't difficult dying. Mm. <sighs> Have you? <laughs> it's powerful, dude. Powerful, you know this idea of immortality. You know, you've seen like vampire movies, or you know, whatever, where somebody can't die. It sounds like a curse when you really get to it, because if you can never die, then you're constantly just being put through watching everyone else around you. That'd be die. that's worse than dying, right? Dying has to be glorious because life is glorious. And so life couldn't be glorious if death wasn't glorious. Mm. You know, we just never experienced death, you know what I mean? Really in the way that we understand it. And we could tell somebody else what it's about, you know. We don't know that person experienced when he dies, you know what I mean? No one knows where he goes. Or is it just black? Everything's just black and quiet. Look at this thing right here, dude. It's just falling. Look at this thing. 
You see this? <laughs> hey, that little bug? It's right here. No, look. Look at this. Look at this. Right thing. here? Yeah. Right here? What is that? What's these two, eh? The fuck is that? Oh, no. <laughs> Are we oh, tripping balls? It's smoke, man. <laughs> it's a charred no, it's, smoke. Is no, this, think... weed, this weed is laced with the toad. <laughs> I can't believe like, you saw that shit, man. You laced it up. I knew it. I knew it. Can't I knew it. You guys that? got me. Yes. What are you doing today, Henry? I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a couple. I'm gonna. I, I'm just here out here doing some PR, man. For you know, kind of just promotional. What stuff. are the agents? You working on investments? People are doing investments and doing some kind of sponsorships with you. Tic Tacs or something. You gotta <laughs> look at everything, man. You gotta look at everything. You got great teeth, so you gotta think about things for your teeth. You gotta look at yourself and say, what's wrong with me? What is it that I need? But I have beautiful teeth. Jeez, I feel my teeth. Mm. You gotta stop, uh, you gotta stop not looking at yourself. You have to market yourself. Yeah. You know I mean, your money now, you gotta market yourself. Oh, so you're saying I can be like, uh, I can do commercials for Tic Tac? Yes. Oh, Tic Tac. Okay. I thought you said That's I needed what he's a Tic Tac. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, man. You okay. high, man. Yeah. Come on, brother. Dude, that, you laced it with that toe, nah. man. Now you're going you to laced do it. an interview at ESPN. You're going to be right stoned as shit. I knew it, guys. You saw the blame Mike. Toothpaste. Blame Mike, you saw it. Well, real quick, man. Real quick. Thank you so much for coming on. Give a little shout out. Let us know where can people check you out. Yeah, you where want, can want people follow you? Anybody that to know where to get you anything at? No, uh, no, it's just my Instagram. Man. I just want to say more than anything, thank you, man. Thank you to the fans. Thank you. It's it, it, it's it's awesome being the champ, man. And it's it's thanks to you guys. Like it's you guys make it possible for us, man. You know, it's I know we're hard at sometimes. We can't do everything for you guys and take pictures and whatnot. But uh, just you know, thank you guys. It's awesome, dude. Cool shit, man. Off the rails episode, Mike. This was a good one. I agree. It was a good one. Thank you again, Henry. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you with everything. Good around, got that belt of champ. All right. Belt of champ, nigga. Hell yeah, bro. Carry that thing, dude. The build out. Until next time, everybody. This was Hot Boxing. Yes, and I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Evan Britton. We'll see you all next time. See you. Peace.